The Holy Gospel according to Luke. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The crowd asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. But the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as I just said, I begin with a greeting on my sermons um, each and every week which is much different than the way that John the Baptist started his sermon in the gospel today. He started it with, you brood of vipers. And then he begins his preaching of fire and brimstone. John is preaching judgment and he calls for repentance. Even after John tells the crowd that everyone who does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, the end of our gospel today says that what he did was he proclaimed the good news. And then I ask, well, what is this good news that John is proclaiming? Where is the joy? Because today is the third Sunday in Advent. Today we celebrate Joy Sunday. Today we light the pink candle on our Advent wreath. And one of the things that that John is doing, and one of the reasons why John the Baptist is such a, a prominent figure in the Bible is because he is preparing the way. He is cleaning everything out to make way for Jesus to come and start his ministry. And to do that, he is calling people to repent from their sins. And you may think that there is no joy in repentance. But repentance isn't just 
saying sorry to God for the things that we have done. Repentance is about redirection. It's about reorientation. It's about changing our perspective. It's about committing to live our lives a little differently. It's about allowing the word of God to enter our hearts. Having that word change us. And if we look at it in maybe that way, repentance can be a place where we find joy. Repentance can be a place where we can celebrate with one another. So when we come to worship and we have this time of repentance, this time of confession at the beginning of our service, and then we hear the the grace-filled words of absolution, of God forgiving all of our sins, all of the things that we have brought before God. And once we, we, we clear our hearts and our minds and we repent and we confess, and then we open ourselves to the word of God and asking, what does this word have for us today? Opening scripture and allowing God's word to change us from the inside out. How many times have you read a passage of scripture or heard a passage of scripture in church? And you said, I have an entirely different perspective on this. And and allowing that scripture to change you. You know, we might take time to read scripture or or pray. We might take time to thank God for all the blessings in our lives. But there comes a point in our life when, when Scripture just takes hold of us. And everything changes. Our hearts are open a little bit more. Our minds open a little bit more. And we allow it to do that. I recently uh, attended uh, a gathering of other clergy... It's called our Synod Ministerium, and it was a couple, a three-day event, and um, we, all the pastors and roster leaders of the New England Synod went to this one place, and, and we d- did meet in person this year. We did not do that last year, but we did meet in person this year, and we had an opportunity to, to fellowship with one another. We had meetings. We, we talked. We were able to relax a little bit. We had time of worship. And at our worship service, one of our worship services, our presenter, Dr. Andy Root, preached. And he shared this this relatively unknown letter that, that Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a prominent Lutheran pastor and theologian, wrote to one of his mentors. And, and Dr. Root said that Bonhoeffer talked about a conversation he had with a 10-year-old boy about the death of this boy's dog. This boy found out that his dog died and he was upset and he needed comfort. And Bonhoeffer said in this letter that he started to talk with the boy and the boy just started crying. He started sobbing because he missed his dog. He said, Mr. Wolf shared how much he loved his dog. How his dog would wake him up every morning and wanted to play with him. And how he would take his dog for walks. And, 
And he just absolutely loved his dog. Now, if you know very much about Bonhoeffer, you know that he was a brilliant person. He, he, he had his Ph.D. at a very young age, and he um, had tons of writings that, that greatly influenced the way that, that our church, the Lutheran church, thinks about God's grace and love. And he was a pastor, and he was a great preacher. But from what I could read and what I have studied about Bonhoeffer is that he didn't really like social interaction as much. He didn't like the, the pastoral care as much. And so he's sitting with this, this boy and he writes in this letter to his mentor. He said, I could answer all of life's questions when it comes to theology, when it comes to how we view and think about God. But I did not know what to say to comfort this little boy when he comes to me after his his dog has died. So there he is sitting with this 10 year old boy who is sobbing and and the boy. He said to Bonhoeffer. He said. But what I have learned is that my dog really didn't die. Where is my dog? Now, what this boy understood is that in his religion class, he learned about heaven and how we go to heaven after we die. And and this brings us hope and, and peace and joy. But he wasn't sure what happened to his beloved dog. The boy sitting there wiping the tears from his eyes looked up at Bonhoeffer and he said, will I ever see Mr. Wolf again? Is he in heaven? Bonhoeffer sat there for a minute and he had this academic knowledge of what it means to be a person of faith. He he understood intellectually you know, what, what happens to a person after they die, but he wasn't really sure what to say. Is it, is it the truth that all dogs go to heaven? But he knew he had to give an answer. So Bonhoeffer connected with this boy's love for Mr. Wolf. And he connected with God's unfailing love for us. And he started to explain In a way that the boy could understand how God takes all of the things, the people, the animals, the beings that God has created in love. And he gathers them all together. He embraces them. The boy said, will I ever be able to play with Mr. Wolf again? And Bonhoeffer said to the boy, we know that you loved Mr. Wolf. And we know that God loves you. And we know that God loves all the animals. So yes, yes, I think you will indeed see Mr. Wolf in heaven. For I believe that God loses nothing that God loves. That God loses nothing that God loves. And that brought the boy joy.
And the reason why this, this sermon sticks out to me and how it kind of changed my perspective and view a little bit is because there are times when we know where we understand things in an intellectual way. But then how do we connect it to our hearts? We know what we want or what we need in this life, but what does our heart say? And there are times when we feel like the world is coming down around us. This past week, when we see these tornadoes that rip through a part of our country and people lose everything. But then we hear things in Scripture. We hear times that, that do bring us joy. In the book of Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone because the Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, believe in prayer. Make your requests known to God and may the peace of God be in your hearts. What I believe we need to be reminded again and again is the joy that comes in the promises of God. The promises of God given to you and to me, a promise of grace, hope, and love. A promise given to us through the words of Jesus. And John the Baptist recognized that it was up to him to clear the way so that we all can hear the message of God's grace and love through Jesus. Just like there are times when we need to clear our own hearts and minds so that we too can hear and experience the grace, love, and peace of God's love in our life. So when we come to church on a Sunday, when we confess our sins for what we have done and what we have left undone, and then we hear the good news that God continues to love us and that God forgives all of our sins. So I'm not going to come up here on a Sunday morning and stand here and say, you brood of vipers. But throughout the season of Advent... I will invite you to open your hearts and minds to the possibility of what God has in store for you. Because during the season of Advent, we are preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ. When we confess our sins together, when we pray together, when we read scripture and hear the word proclaimed together. When we listen for the word of God calling to us. And we discover that a piece of God's word, a conversation, a prayer, a song may completely change the way we view God's love in our life. And when God comes into our life, we will find joy. And we will share with others the amazing joy that we have found. Thanks be to God in Jesus name. Amen.